Welcome to Creativity and Chaos, a 1L2N podcast. I am Amy, and we are joined by some gift-wrapped people today. Missy. I have a big, shiny bow. Mike. I am paper. Tommy. I'm gorgeous. And our most wrapped gift, Liam. Yeah. We are a family of creatives going through the story running process, and we're bringing you along for the ride. Except today is the final episode of Creativity and Chaos for 2022. So we're going to do a wrap-up episode and talk about all of our favorite things from this year. And because the Mayans were 10 years late or early, this is the last episode we'll ever have. Because the world go boom. Oh, of course, of course. The world That's how it happens. Absolutely. Right. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> He's predicted it. And well, last. you won't and actually. Also yeah. last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. We were first and last. So speaking of first and last, last time we did this, we did like our fifth best thing down to our first best thing. We won't be ranking them this year. But we're going to be doing them by categories instead. So let's hop right into it. What category should go first, guys? Let's go with movies, because I don't think there was a bunch of good movies out. Yeah, 2022 kind of sucked for movies. So let's get that one out of the way. (laughs) It was surprising. I I felt like I I wasn't drawn to the movie theater at all. Of course, the the movies that I kind of wanted to see in the movie theater, I didn't. Like, I didn't see Top Gun. Or I didn't see that one either. No, I didn't see that either. Yeah. I guess uh, another <laughs> Avatar. I've never seen came the out, original, so but I have never seen <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. So. I actually saw quite a bit of movies in the theater this year. Oh, which is kind of weird because I almost never go to the theater. And surprisingly, a lot of them were half decent. Like they were pretty enjoyable movies, if not left a lasting memory, which is I think exactly what a movie needs to do. It wasn't necessarily that they were like, "Wow, this was really good." Just I just thought about it and. They were unique. One of them for me personally was Nope. I don't think any of you saw it. Didn't, but, but I wanted I, to. Nope. No. <laughs> so I saw Nope I in the theaters and spoiler free. It's a very, very well shot and simple script. It is so, so simple. But obviously, Jordan Peele loves to put his metaphors in everything. So you can either look deeper, but you don't have to look deeper. The surface level of the movie is it's so simple. It's so easy to follow. You understand it. And it's just fun. It's a fun, well-written movie. I love that movie. I've only seen one clip of that. And that clip might be one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen filmed in oh. just a really creepy weird way it's it's interesting there are some legitimately like ooh, like it like your skin crawls looking at some of those scenes hilariously enough the other movie i saw was also a horror movie barbarian i really enjoyed barbarian another very well shot not as simple scripted very odd pacing a very odd story but definitely a horror movie a lot of inside jokes have come out from that with me and a few of my friends but it that's another good movie but extremely different from nope so yeah both of them i really liked well i saw the batman in theaters and i liked the batman because i enjoy (laughs) superheroes that make costumes instead of giving their billions of dollars to people who need it (laughs) (laughs) so that was on my list Anybody else to Batman? I had the Batman because it was probably one of the only movies I saw that actually came out this year. And of those movies, it was the best. But that's not really saying much for this year. I I did enjoy the movie, though. Yeah, Um, I I, I thought it it was a a fresh kind of take on 
on the franchise. I'm glad they did Detective Batman for once, which was nice. Yes. But oh, it obviously it so had its flaws. To have a detective movie. If you want our review for it, go listen to the Batman podcast episode. Oh, yeah. We delved into that one. <laughs> I also saw another movie from 2016. It was called Colossal, starring Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. And it's it's a movie that stuck with me mentally. It's really great writing, and there's some incredibly intense dialogue in there. It's a very, very dark comedy, and it's about Anne Hathaway controlling a giant colossal monster in South Korea, and she doesn't realize that she's doing it. And it's a very strange script and entertaining, but it stuck with me because it was so unique. So colossal. Yeah. The only movie I really could that would come to mind for me was Thor Love and Thunder. And I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Thor is one of my favorite like Marvel characters anyways. And it stuck out to me because the movie I had seen before that was the Doctor Strange movie. And that was terrible. Mm -hmm. So going and actually seeing a a Marvel movie that was like half decent. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. So I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was really cute, really fun, had a great time. And that's the only movie I like kind of wanted to see this year. I feel like a lot of the other movies, either Tommy was like, yeah, let's go see it. Or Liam was like, yeah, I want to go see this. And so I'd, you know, watch it with them. But yeah, that that was the one that stuck out to me. Uh, one of the movies that many of us, I think, saw this year that stuck out to me was San Andreas, even though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty even, good. Even though that was from forever ago. Remember that. And it was just dumb, stupid action. <laughs> I really walked away enjoying that movie so. that's a good call i did like that a lot <laughs> it was it was, it was the most surprise i think i've ever been watching a disaster movie yeah i walked into it going this is gonna suck yep. <laughs> and it didn't it was really yeah. good i think right after that podcast i immediately went and watched it again and i was like yeah it was still pretty good yeah. <laughs> my pick for this year is a movie from i think it was 2017 it's called uh blade runner 2049 and that is that was probably for me top five, maybe even top three movie all time. I don't think anything in particular sticks out except for visuals, but just everything like nothing sticks out above everything else in the movie. It's just everything about it is done to near perfection. Like the script, the acting, the story, the the dialogue, the plot, like everything about it. And especially the visuals. It's one of the best looking movies I've ever seen. It's just a great movie all around. And it's I would a also, near perfect sequel. I would add sound to that movie. Specifically oh, yes. sound design and sound effects sound design are incredible in that movie. And the oh, pacing, so I thought, was really well done, too, because it it's not rushing it. And even though it's a slower paced, it's a slow rolling kind of movie. It, it's exactly what it needs to be for the story it's telling. I think there's always something interesting going on in that movie too, even mm-hmm. when it's a slow scene. Yeah. yeah. If something's slower, they've intentionally slowed it down so that you can absorb something either in the surroundings or audioly or, or just something yeah, I can, is I can there for you some to know. Brian Gosling. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> can't we all? Fun fact with that movie, this is a movie that helped me to understand that Ryan Gosling and Ryan Reynolds are not the same person, uh, which (laughs) up until this year, I thought they were because to me, they look exactly the same, but I think everyone looks the same. And so I had avoided a lot of movies he was in because I'm not usually into like dumb comedy. And apparently Ryan Gosling doesn't do comedy like that. So (laughs) interesting discovery for me. Thank you, Liam. Hans Zimmer 
made another banger with the soundtrack. It's yeah. not his usual huge bombastic soundtrack that's like has a bunch of drums. Or well, it does have actually a lot yeah. of drums. But it's a very I don't know. It's very what's it called? It's not like ethereal. It's it's that. it's atmospheric. Yeah, atmospheric. It's like um. It's kind of like background. I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe it. It is. It is the perfect. It's woven like, into the post- scenery itself. Yes, it's the perfect post-apocalyptic blade or not blade runner. I had cyberpunky esque atmosphere mu- music. Yeah, it except, nails it. Except like a. It's not electrifying cyberpunky. It's it's like um. Take the punk out of cyberpunk, and then there you yeah. go. Cyberistic. It's like futuristic <laughs> and cybery. <laughs> I'm great at making up words. Let's go to video games next. Everyone can talk about their favorite video game, obviously, but I also would like everyone to open up their Steam account and try and figure out which I video don't... game they play the most hours of. I don't uh, want to talk about oh, no, you that gotta this year. <laughs> Tommy, what? well, no, Tommy, Tommy has the most total hours. That. Tommy definitely has the most total hours, but Mom has the most hours on a single game. You have that many hours, of Peglin? What? Uh, I'm so sorry. I bought so that game for you. I'm gonna go first. <laughs> Mine's Peglin. <laughs> Tommy bought it for me for Mother's Day, like maybe a couple weeks or three or four weeks before Mother's Day. And I was unemployed at the time and proceeded to play it nonstop all day, every day. So sorry. And then uh, <laughs> I loved it so much, I just kept playing it after work every day for five months. <laughs> it's so good. I, I don't usually invest a lot of time into video games because it's hard for me to find something I'm really into, especially a, a single player game. And, you know, it usually takes a lot of mental toll with the type of stuff I'm into, like heavy strategy and whatnot. This one's just dumb and you sit there and you click and oh my gosh, it's great. If you haven't played it, I highly recommend everyone just go download the demo and play it. It is so much fun. It's got so Mm. much replayability. I kept playing it until I beat all of the like the difficulty bonus levels. But this is how many hours I have in Peglin. 397.1 hours. So it's like, jeez Louise. It's Peggle, but with a roguelike adventure, it looks like. That's interesting. Yes. Yes. The concept is very interesting interesting it's a very clean game it's super easy to learn you need like almost no instruction whatsoever and if you like peggle style games so much fun Mm. highly recommend i poured my whole life into this game i had it on in the background like during everything doing homework playing peglin researching stuff playing peglin watching (laughs) movies and shows for our assignments playing peglin I didn't play a lot of video games this year, but there was two that really stuck out to me. I play a lot of video games on my phone, okay? That's that's mostly what I do. Mobile gamer. But yeah, I'm, I'm a mobile gamer. <laughs> I think I said this previously, but I really, really enjoy Battlefield 2042. I know it's a crap game. I know it has its faults. I know that there's so much more that it could be, but I just really, really enjoy playing it. I like to play as a medic. I like to be support and being able to play with you guys has just been like an absolute joy. I think it's so much fun. And even if I'm totally crap at the game, I still just, I, I really, really love it. I've got ni- about 97 hours in it, but I don't, that was from last year as well. But I, I just, that one 
really, really good. And then the other game I have is a game that I played in one session. It's called A Little to the Left. And it is this like organization game where you solve puzzles by organizing throughout the different levels. So you'll have one level where you have a bunch of like trash on the screen and you have to like get rid of the trash or organize the trash into certain piles like recyclables and organic compost and and landfill that kind of stuff or you have a drawer that has a bunch of like knickknacks like pens and pencils and crayons and tacks and batteries and you have to organize all of them and to me there was jump something just so satisfying in completing each of these levels that just like had such serotonin in my brain when I played it it was just like oh that's the stuff like I just I loved it so much so even though it was just a one-time playthrough I will definitely be playing that game again because I just enjoyed it so thoroughly I really enjoyed that game too it oh yeah I made Missy play it (laughs) it scratched all the right itches from me with my OCD brain absolutely I played Pillars of Eternity which is a isometric dungeon crawler type game it's like uh, Boulder's Gate made by the same team some people from the same team that i put the most hours into of most of the games i played i believe i think i put about 50 hours into it and uh i previously played it at one point just didn't like it and then this year i sat down and was like, no i'm gonna do it i also played god of war 2018 mm-hmm. which i you know we previously talked about a little bit i'm not a huge fan of the combat system i think it needs a lot of improvement but the the way that it told its story was very entertaining and it you know definitely got you into the world those are two. Definitely recommend them. I played way too many games this year. Way too many. And I have a list of all the games that I played that were really good. I'm just going to name them all. Celeste, The Cycle, Dying Light 2, Elden Ring, God of War, GTFO, Hades, Halo Infinite, Inscription, Into the Breach, The Skywalker Saga, Lego The Skywalker Saga, Marvel Spider-Man, Metal Hellsinger, PUBG, Raft, Red Dead 2, Sephora Land 6 Inches Under, and Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. I played all those games and all of them like hit home with me in special ways, but I think we all knew which game hit home with me the most, which is also my most played game of this year, which was Elden Ring, without a doubt. I feel like I've ranted enough about it, but it, it's just, I, that's like one of the games that inspired me to do the what if there was video game boss music to bosses that didn't exist, because I thought that game really like encapsulated the music of the boss fights that you're doing so well. You could listen to that music and remember the boss fight instantly. Super fun. I also had Inscription on my list, which Tommy just said. That was probably the most surprising game that I played because it was, I don't like card games. And that was an incredibly fun game. And it keeps hooking you with its very strangely told story. So mm-hmm. fun game. Yeah. There was no games that I played that were worthy of it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> they were beneath me. Not even PUBG? <laughs> Definitely not PUBG. What? That game came out years ago. And I didn't even play it that much this year. We played it a bunch this year. Oh, yeah. I forgot the summer did exist. Yeah, we did play it a lot, but no. Nah. I think to take a slight break from uh, media that we've consumed, I am going to talk about media that we made. Uh, one of my favorite things that, that I did in this year was uh, working with everybody here to make the cursing tree. You know, I know we started writing it beforehand and we started recording it beforehand, but really. The composing and editing and final product took, you know, five months of time in the beginning of the year. And it was such a great learning experience. It was so fun to do. I'm very proud of what we did, even if it's, um, you know, needs vast improvement for next time. It was still 
a, a really good experience in my life in general and i'm very glad that we got to to make it that's also on my list to add to it it's, it's something that regardless of wherever one l 2 n goes i'm glad we did it because it i felt like i grew tremendously as an artist creating it understanding how music's made understanding why i have certain sections the way they are the flow of a narrative the flow of music i understood it more at its core than i ever had we were building such a huge product for us that we had to understand those things as super duper accomplishment yeah a lot of fun to make what was everybody's favorite creative prompt to make i'm gonna say for my creative prompt that i thought i had the most fun doing was survey and i think missy was the one that came up with survey and she was like i i don't i'm so sorry it's gonna be so hard but for me it was instantaneous i pretty much immediately wrote it like after we got off recording and Mm -hmm. it was very fun to just put in a bunch of instruments and have it be a really cheesy game show theme and stuff and i I loved it. That for me was definitely the most fun I've had writing a creative prompt this year. To go back to the video game boss music, for me, it's it's Mirror. I think it's the closest I came to collaborating with someone else in a medium that I have I know nothing about. Being able to take the art that I made and give it to someone and they were able to make something really fun out of it was awesome. And it's like, oh, this is something I definitely want to do. I want to do more of that. I think it was just like a kind of a creative awakening for me, realizing how much I enjoyed that. And it was a fun song to make. I think my favorite one that I did was the nostalgia one, where I did it in the style of slam poetry. I think of all the ones that I've made thus far, that's the one I'm the most proud of from a from a content perspective. I feel like I put the most effort into it even though it sort of flowed naturally it everything i did was very intentional i felt clever and just proud of of the finished product that i had done it made me feel good about myself heck yeah i think for me it was my agony project just because i had so much fun that writing was it good. and it was so ridiculous and silly in the best way and i think it's very relatable in like a cheeky not really saying anything sort of way. And yeah, it was just fun. And <laughs> but up, but um, <laughs> like just being cheesy with how I, I presented it. I thought it was really fun. So that one, that one I really loved. Liam, what was your favorite project that you heard? Oh, probably one of the music ones. <laughs> I mean, you could say which because you didn't really Brilliant. do any. It was Tommy's I did one. Kitty one. This is true. I did one, but you participated in a few of them, actually. That's true. You have. Liam, I, I have to say, without. I didn't finish one of them. One of mine will forever be unreleased. Without what your meow towards the end of my Detective Kitty one, there, <laughs> it wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. Oh, Detective Kitty. I need a series on that, Tommy. Get working. Oh, it was a nightmare. It's a nightmare <laughs> to produce that. I'm so, I was so bad. It was bad. a nightmare All to listen so to. I yeah, still want but it more. Was. <laughs> Liam, I I will say, I know this is self-serving because it was my project, but my survey project where I got you to do the the vocals on it, I I thought you did a really good job and it was really fun to have you, rather than just a meow at the end of a song, but to have you all throughout the whole project. I really enjoyed working with you on that one. Thank you. You're welcome. I enjoyed it too. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Now, did anyone have any books this year? 
that those best of or listen to? I have one. Yeah, I've got one too. Okay. Well, for me, it was Aurora's End, which is the third in a series, The Aurora Cycle by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. And I really love that series. It is kind of, you know, YA, but I love those two authors together. They've written a lot of books and, and individually, I think that they're great artists or they're great authors, but together they created this Aurora Cycle and it was very sci-fi and really interesting. And and I just really, really loved it. And so the fact that they had their their final one for the series this year was really, really awesome because I didn't even realize it came out. It was just like, we think you'd be interested in reading this. I was like, oh, it's out. Yay. And so I instantly consumed it in like a day. I was so excited. So that one, that was really good. For me, my favorite audiobook was A Promised Land, and it is a book written by Barack Obama about his first four years in presidency and going up, you know, leading up to the first four years in his presidency. And it just goes into incredible detail, obviously, from his perspective. I was not really expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, but it was a very entertaining listen. And it was like a 29 hour book, which for an audiobook is gigantic. Usually they're about eight. And the actual book itself is pretty good, but it's called A Promised Land. And it was it was very, very entertaining to listen to and just try and get a, a, you know, his inside perspective on events. So, yeah, I was surprised. I took it upon myself to start reading. Please don't don't peace out, guys. Stick with me. I started reading books of the Bible that had been taken out of the Bible. Oh. Oh. You know, exploring our faith or changes in what we believe has been a, a theme in society, a theme in our family. Many of my friends are going through either the deconstruction process or trying to really get a grip on what it is they actually believe and what BS has been fed to them. And I thought that an important part of my own journey was to not just say, okay, well, whatever this book is, this holy book that's been handed to me, whatever that is, that has to be the only thing, right? That it's this and nothing else. So I started reading the Catholic books of the Bible, which are different than the evangelical books that we were raised on. And it's been an interesting journey reading. I started, I read all of those books. It's called the Apocrypha. There's, I can't remember how many books there are, but there's a lot of content there. It also includes chapters in books that have been taken out from what we read growing up, sometimes verses. And then from there, because there was, it was interesting enough, I actually started this year reading all of the books of the Bible from a Catholic text instead of from like your classic NIV or Hmm. New King James or whatever. And it reads differently. I, a couple years ago, read all of the the Jewish text. Thoroughly enjoyed that because that was a different perspective as well. So very different than what you guys have, but I've really enjoyed comparing the texts to say, I mean, just the fact that there are different texts is evidence enough that, hey, 
<laughs> there's nothing set in stone. But for my own personal journey, if any of our listeners are of any kind of Christian faith persuasion, I highly recommend pick some different translations and have a read because they all read very, very differently. And a lot of things get so lost in translation that it takes comparing multiple things to go, huh, that's an interesting perspective. Never thought of it from that angle before. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Can can we wake up now? Yes, you're welcome to come back. <laughs> just now. kidding. I'm just kidding. That's I'm sorry. Mean. I'm gonna cut that. I'm sorry. Nope. You <laughs> that have was to keep, no, you it was fine. It. Like I don't I don't want anyone to go into that thinking I was about to get preachy. <laughs> I wasn't no, no, no. I, that was actually no, really interesting no, you, to hear. I feel preached. <laughs> I preached man. <laughs> the man who wants to start his own religion and feels love, preached. I, and a woman that's why is giving you instruction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the heretic <laughs> must be burned at the stake. <laughs> what what verse is that from? I just feel um all of the verses. Yeah. They all say women shouldn't instruct. Yeah. <laughs> Classic women always trying to instruct, right? Yeah. Give me five minutes, I'll get my butt back in the kitchen, guys. Just hang tight. <laughs> <No. laughs> Moving on, let's talk about some TV shows. Because we haven't done that enough on this podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're not going to go in full yeah. description, but we will just talk about what we love real quick. Yeah. I'll go first real quick. Peace. Peacemaker, Peacekeeper. Wow, it really tells you, it tells you how much I remember about that show. No, I thought it was a fun show. It's James Gunn taking a weird cast of people and then making that cast work so beautifully. Like the dumbest, dumbest little corks, but you legitimately fall in love with all those characters. Yeah, great. It was so James Gunn's stupid, great. Stupid, but it was. I walked away so happy every yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so happy. I was like, why am I enjoying this? I don't know, but it's it, great. It is a good example of just a, watching a terrible person, but for some reason you're still like entertained by it. A lot of times mm-hmm. you watch terrible people and you're like, I hate them. And this one, you do hate him, but you hate mm-hmm. him a little bit less every episode, which is yeah. you know, I, interesting. I think with every superhero kind of collaboration, I guess the best word, the uh, a team of superheroes that James Gunn directs, he gets better and better at it every single time. Yeah. And this is definitely probably my favorite superhero-esque thing that he's done. Well, now that he has the entire DC universe, we'll see. Yep. We'll see what we'll he see do. We'll see what they do. Yeah. I'm going to say it. No. And or. I really love this show, guys. And I know that I love Star Wars, and I know we already had a full podcast on it. I just thought it was surprising. It was really interesting. It was really, it was very gripping and really entertaining to watch. And I I wanted to know what happened. And I even, I'm I'm like, I kind of want to rewatch it again already. So that's how I knew it was a good one. So Andor for me was definitely a surprise. And then also Critical Role. (laughs) I know that's like not a TV show, but it kind of is. But this is the last year I binged the campaigns that were already out. And I did start their new campaign, but it was cool this year. You know, when you're binging something, you don't get that sort of delay in between weeks when you don't get to watch it. So this year I've been watching the new campaign and I have the delay of watching it every week instead. And so it's just been a really cool experience. And and I feel like I'm, this sounds stupid, but like cherishing it more because- you know, you only have so much. So yeah. it's good. I love it. Mm. Definitely Andor. We already talked about it. One of my favorite shows this year. Surprised. Very, very surprised. House of the Dragon. Also very surprised. Enjoyed it a lot. So a show that I didn't really, a show I didn't really think of and didn't exactly resonate with me a whole lot. 
and hasn't like been on my memory though also might not be my favorite <laughs> is a really good show and seem everybody seems to love which is breaking bad yeah it's apparent oh, it's a of course <laughs> it's a, <laughs> why didn't it's i a, think of Almost everybody's seen Breaking Bad. It's really unique. It doesn't glorify the criminal path, especially with drugs. It shows the problems of that kind of life. And it shows the problems of obsession and just a bunch of different things. Most people have seen it, so most people know. It's just a great show. As some of, probably some of the best acting I've seen and will ever see, for sure. I resonate with everything Liam just said. I also watched it for the first time ever this year. And thank you for saying that, Liam, because I was struggling to come up with what was my best show. And bam, that's it. That's the one. I, because I was unemployed for like the first five months of the year, I went back and watched a whole bunch of my old favorite shows from the last like 15, 20 years. It was an interesting journey. Some of these shows don't hold up so great, but the the top ones I think that I watched were Battlestar Galactica still holds up, still is one of the best shows. The music is so freaking good guys is it's so bear mccreary good. as well bear yep. mccreary yeah of course so he oh. just writes the music so beautifully for so sp- the specific characters and certain character interactions with each other have their own theme and then he weaves this theme with the story that's going on throughout the entire series and he actually tells part of the story with the music and it's just oh, so good if you haven't seen it please go because he also did God of War, and I've talked about his music, but he is so, so good at taking a motif and mm-hmm. not stretching it out to the point where you're tired of it, but making it interesting in each one of his pieces. Like, this motif makes sense here, this motif makes sense here. It's, oh, he's such a great composer, and I've come to love him the more I hear his stuff. Yeah. In Bellstar Galactica, there are several different themes where you could say that the music is actually its own character in the story. That's awesome. And it acts the, the music going on in the story is actually driving the plot for many times throughout the series, which is something you rarely see. Like music was a very integral part to the storytelling of that show. And it's not something I've ever really seen done anywhere else. So highly mm. recommend. Probably the other one that that is a little bit newer, but stuck out. I watched uh, a lot of the old Law and Order series. And Law and Order Criminal Intent, that still holds up. It was still really good. A lot of the other Law and Order stuff, like I was either bored or the content they were dealing with, society has changed their opinion on things. So things that were acceptable to say or do now are no longer acceptable to say and do. Those were definitely an interesting watch. But Criminal Intent is still thoroughly just enjoyable from the start of the series all the way to the end, even when they're changing the cast in and out for the last few seasons it gets a little jarring but it's still a really good one unlike some of the other stuff where it gets very soapy this one just focuses on on the core goal of that particular series i really enjoyed it i'll just go ahead and say it my favorite tv show of the year by far i think was barry Mm. and i don't think we've really talked about it on the podcast but i think a little bit but yeah it has to be the most surprised i've ever been at a show i never know what's gonna happen it's a really dark comedy bill Hader might be a genius like in in yeah. in his writing and his directing and his acting 
And I, I just really, really look forward. They've got one more season and I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it just because I, I was so shocked at how entertained I was by that show. I had a love hate relationship with that show because there's definitely a distinct dichotomy going on with the, the story. And part of the storyline, I absolutely loved and everything you just said, it was brilliant, captivating, just carried you along. Like it, Whether you wanted to be there or not, it was dragging you with it. And then the other part of the show, I was just so bored and annoyed at. And as that part of the show slowly faded out of the focus of the plot, the show to me was getting better and better. It, it started out very mixed and hesitant for me and just kept getting better with time as as they focused more in on a certain core aspect of that plot. So, yeah, interesting. I think I know what you're talking about. And it's yeah, it's definitely Everyone here seen it, right? Oh, yeah. But we can keep it spoiler free for anybody who hasn't. Yeah. It's it's a show that I. First of all, the, the direction on it is quite fantastic, especially, again, the episodes that are directed by Bill Hader, I can kind of tell because they are my favorite, and I am just shocked about that. It's somebody who I never thought would be very good at this like super dark comedy style, but yeah, I'm, I, well, I'm going to stop talking about it because I already said I liked it. <laughs> so The Boys is pretty good. <laughs> third season. Third season is definitely an improvement on the first two. Not to discredit the first two. First two are still good, but they had a bit of down moments the third season just seemed like a constant go 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 and was a lot more concisive and just just better overall better characters better acting and uh yeah good can't wait for season four the boys has this weird problem where the boys aren't actually doing anything mm-hmm. in the boys yeah. so the third season was such a wonderful improvement on that because it felt like each of these characters had something to do as l- well as the rest of the characters in the show it just felt a little more tightly written the the third season and i felt like i had those moments where i was like oh oh this is gonna happen oh like and i was jumped back a little bit in my chair i was getting excited watching it which is always fun to have in a show so yeah always good all right so i think let's kind of finish our podcast today talking about all the fun life or not fun but memorable impactful life events that happened with everybody who wants to go first i can start last year I kind of made a little New Year's resolution to work out every day, and I utterly failed that. But I kind of want to walk through my journey working out and legitimately taking it extremely seriously. I'll I'll be relatively brief. It was a lot of fun. I felt like working out in general, I've said this so many times, working out has been a joy because I feel like I'm getting a bunch of my energy back. I feel like uh, my mental health is better off for it. Obviously, my physical health is better off for it. And having something to work towards, you know, like a goal that I can beat or meet every single day was really awesome. There were multiple times throughout the year where uh, one time I got COVID and so I couldn't work out. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> I might kill myself. And then another time where I injured my wrist and it just kind of led to a slow decline of working out. And then I just didn't for a month. But other than that, I've I've really tried to work out and I, I don't know what it is about it. It's it's kind of this weird zen or that's probably a bad word for it, but it's almost meditative to me. It's it's a, it's something a goal that I can accomplish and I can sit aside and I can focus on it for 30 minutes to an hour and get it done and feel really good about myself every time I do it. Every time I've done working out, 
but especially after doing it for a certain amount of time, I feel so good about doing it. And just just as like a little bit of a like my progress I've made, I'm super proud of this. I think I started off doing about a mile run each time I had a cardio day. And then at my peak run, which I'd never been able to do previously, but I ran 4.38 miles. And it was just really cool. So running my first 5K, running under eight or sorry, under nine minutes was awesome for me. Actually running four miles. It's just little improvements that I never expected to be able to do all of these body workout goals or physical goals and being able to meet them after a year and exceed them, absolutely wipe them on the floor. I felt so freaking good about myself and I can't encourage people enough to work out because it's daunting and it seems hard. But if you start slow and you say, I'm going to increase, for example, the run, I increased my run about 0.05 miles every time. And I got to the point where I was there. I got to like that four mile run. I don't know. It's just, it's so small, but you feel so accomplished with it. And I think it was just, it's one of my my favorite things this year is, is setting that goal and not meeting it to exactly what I want, but also exceeding it. But I don't know. It's, it's all these weird things. It was, it's been really great working out. I know that you said that you had failed miserably at trying to work out every day, but I also just want to clarify for those who are listening, the reason why you quote unquote failed miserably is because you injured yourself and you were physically unable to do a lot of the workouts that you were doing, but you were still going out for, yeah, it's not a failure. You were still walking, you were still biking, you were still doing other, you were roller skating, you were still doing other activities. So it wasn't like you were just like, I'm just going to stop for a while. It was, I have to reduce what I was normally doing every day. And you you took other options to work out and stay active. Sure, you probably had days where you're like, I'm just going to play video games a day. And that's fine. But like, I don't think that you failed. You, well, you've I done guess- an awesome job this year of, of working out and, and keeping to it. I I guess failure is the wrong word, but just in the context of working out every single day, I clearly didn't meet the quota that I set for myself, but I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You were unable to accomplish your original goal. Yes, but the goals that I did accomplish, regardless of me not reaching my first one, I feel so good about. And I'm so glad that I'm unbelievably proud of myself being able to reach these goals that I never thought. I'd be able to do like running two miles, let alone one was like, how am I going to do this? And I ran four and I'm like, yes, I feel so good about myself. I know we had the expert runner Liam here who's ran way too many miles. But for me, it was it was just a personal goal. And I don't feel this is another thing. I know this is long and I wanted to keep it brief. But (laughs) another thing was after that month long period of taking a break and coming back to it, it was slightly heartbreaking knowing that I wasn't going to meet my max right away from that previous month. But like being okay with that, picking myself back up, being like, okay, I know I'm not going to meet my max, but that doesn't matter because eventually I'm going to rebeat it. That's what was important, picking yourself back up after knowing you hadn't done it for a while because you're not going to meet your best after that certain amount of time. But yeah, great. I loved working out. That's me done ranting. Your mouth just kept running. My goodness. <laughs> no, it's all good. We're very proud of you, Tommy. No, we're thank, you. Don't. Mm, thank you. I'm very Don't proud mind. of you, Tommy. You've accomplished a lot. Thank you. One of the things I did this year was uh, get get a bachelor's degree. That was kind of cool. Whee! I was like, wow, I did school. That's a big deal because you're the first in our family aside from mom. Mom had a bachelor's degree. But of all of us, you're the first. 
And then I got Go stupid, you. and then I got into grad school. So more school. <laughs> Bachelor's Yay. degree did not teach you what you really needed to know about life, Mike. Yeah, it taught it, you to just. Stay it taught school. me that grad school is going to pay me more when I graduate. So <laughs> more money. Yeah. So yeah, school. Cool. End rant. Wow. Get wrecked, Tommy. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I talked for a while now. <laughs> Amy's going to cut that down too. I worked out. I felt good. <laughs> I ran four we'll point see. something miles. Yeah. <laughs> For me, this year, the biggest thing that happened and was most memorable was moving down to North Carolina. Grew up in Maryland, lived in Maryland my whole life. And because of just the job situation I was in and the living situation I was in, I I felt really stuck and I felt like I needed a change. And so being able to move down to North Carolina has been incredible. I felt like a person again. I felt like I could actually make friends and go do things. And Tommy has been a huge part of that, you know, just by taking me to an escape room or taking me out to eat with his friends or, you know, teaching me how to disc golf for the first time. It felt like there was a little spark back in my life. And it has been difficult and frustrating at times, but it has just been such a wonderful, wonderful idea. I'm so glad that I I took the dive and I moved and I I don't regret it. It's been overall awesome. So yeah. For me, my big deal, well, I guess I had two technically. My big deal, yay, life event was getting my current job. I was laid off during in 2020 due to COVID and struggled finding a job. I work in hospitality finance and the hospitality industry collapsed because of the pandemic. So trying to find a job was just kind of a nightmare for me because it was such an employee's market. There were people who just had the degrees that I don't have, which makes them always stand out more. But I got this job in May and my goodness, I love my job. I absolutely love the company I work for. I love what I do. It's in each of the key positions, some of the best people I've ever worked with. They're amazing. They're professional. They care about the company and their work. They take pride in like doing good work and care about each other and just I love what I do. And I was I wasn't even sure I wanted to go back into finance again because I'd had some negative experiences in the past. And I'm so glad I did because I feel like I'm thriving in this company. So mm, very, that's really good. Nice, nice, nice. Very good experience for me. And then on the flip side of that, over the summer, I got covid and it hit me very hard and has lingered with me ever since. Uh, I was diagnosed with long COVID a couple of months ago. I have symptoms that are just not going away. And some of the tests I've had done are just not really helping anything. It's still such a new condition that the medical community is, for lack of a better term, making it up as they go along. They're not making anything up. They're just, it's trial and error. You know, mm -hmm. they they don't know how to treat such a new situation that is affecting so many different people, but affecting us all differently. So that's been very, very life altering for me. I've had to change the way I do a lot of things, even to the point of like, I love to drive and I can't drive right now. Like I can, I can drive a few miles at a time and then I start to get really dizzy 
and I can't go any further than that. So like just to see you guys for the holidays, I'm actually flying down, which I've never done before in all the years everyone's lived down there. I've always driven and so it just changes the way it just changes the way I do life right now. So. All right, fine. I've got one more thing. Definitely my favorite of the year. There's pots and pans going now. <laughs> Maybe it's not, Maybe not your, your favorite, favorite anymore. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing that happened this year was spending three weeks with Aaron on our honeymoon. And um, I absolutely loved every second of it. Uh, we went all over the place. I know we talked about it briefly in the catch up episode, but it was, it was good because she was working a job that was about two hours away. Sorry, there's like clanging in the background. She was working a job that was about two hours away. So she had an apartment there and it was a, a great time for us to spend more time together after being apart for, you know, a year almost seeing each mm-hmm. other only on the weekends. So that was just like the most amazing part was going all around. Unfortunately, it was interrupted by COVID when I actually got to see all the family and our, our planned wedding ceremony after we already got married it was kind of ruined because of it. But it was still a, a fun-ish time of what I can remember. So that was my favorite of the year. Uh, thankfully, this Christmas, uh, Aaron surprised me with plane tickets out to North Carolina. So we will all get to hang out for Christmas and that's going to be fun. We have already hung out for Christmas because this is coming out after Christmas. I mean, it's record- totally being recorded after Christmas. So we've already hung Man, out. It was such a great time. We had the best Christmas ever. Too. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I loved all my presents yeah, and yeah. spending time. When we do that yeah. thing together, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, that was so, oh, so much fun. fun. It was so much fun, like, getting through that, um, crap, I forgot what they're called. Damn it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining your own joke. Oh. So it makes it better. Man, didn't you guys love that escape room and how brilliant I was solving all of the puzzles? I liked oh, it. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. That's probably how it's going to turn out. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is when we were playing D&D and Liam turned on us all. Yeah. Bro, how did you know? <laughs> TPK at our whole party. It was unbelievable. How did you know? We already experienced it, Liam. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> but that then, was so fun. But we also have to give mad props to mom because right when it looked like all hope was lost, mom swoops in and saves the day. Yeah, she, mom yeah, kills her grandson playing D and D. Oh, so wow, she was so good. Well, I think that wraps up our wrap up of 2022 and wraps up the Creativity and Chaos podcast for 2022. We started this business technically this year, which is incredible. Thank you for those who listen. Thank you to our friends and our family who religiously listen as well. We really appreciate it. We're excited to bring you guys some more things this coming year uh, and we're excited for you to be a part of our small little fun family as well. If you want to reach us, we are 1L2N Productions at YouTube, Instagram, Reddit, Twitter. I think I got all of them. If there's something else, 1L2N Productions, you can find it. Also, 1L2N Productions.com. You can go over there, visit us, see all of our creative prompts and all the things that we've done. And if you want to help support us, we would love it if you would go over to our Patreon and help support us there. And the last word of the day is going to go to all of us. Take it away. I really enjoyed this stupid journey that we've done together as a family. And I hope that we can continue to do it in the future. 
I really love Critical Role and I really want to keep watching Critical Role. I'm so happy that Critical Role exists. D&D, I think, is so much fun. And yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Those who talk the quietest, shit the loudest. One of my favorite bands actually this year was Port Sulphur Band. It's an in-house band from the video game Hunt Showdown and... They kind of have this old Western country style vibe to it. And it's really fun. I love their music. Very acoustic. Check it out. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. And a joyous new year to you all. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 